Um, Guys, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I did this to us. I'm taking one for the team. I know. Okay, I know. I messed up here. This was a lot. I need like a whole, I need a whole month to recuperate. Welcome to Red Wine Reads, a community of book lovers talking about our favorite and not-so-favorite books while pouring a glass or two of wine. I'm your host, Jenna Miller, and with me today is the lovely Ella Kopakin. Now, before we start, I should warn you that we do spoil the endings of the book's review, so if you don't like that, then please go finish the book and come back to us when you're done reading. My goal is to have you read these books with us so you can participate in the conversation. At the beginning of each month, I outline the books we will be reviewing, so whether you want to read one, none, or all of them, the choice is up to you. These reviews are not backed by any science or experience, just purely two opinionated amateur readers. So you may hate the books we love or love the books we hate. Everyone has different tastes, but we hope this podcast is fun to listen to no matter how you like your books. So without further ado, let's pull some corks and get reading. This week, we read Under the Banner of Heaven by John Krakauer. Now, another listener note before we get started, this episode does discuss sexual assault and domestic abuse. So take care while listening. Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> and we back. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> Here to Welcome. read my favorite book. Welcome back to Red Wine Reads. <laughs> you have your two favorite people on here. This is Jenna. This is Ella. Lots of air horns in there. Um, we're just trying to hype ourselves up for what will probably be the saddest uh, book review we ever do. Yeah, actually, you know what? We are not setting the tone properly. Let me tell you that we are laughing out of sheer nervousness and dread to talk about this book and not like this could be a happy chat because it's not going to be a happy chat. No, 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 no. This is not fun. Um, yeah. And, and I blame I blame Ella for this because she made us read this book. So, yes, I let me just preface this by saying because I feel like this is going to come up. So we read Under the Banner of Heaven by John Krakauer. And John Krakauer is my favorite author. Into the Wild is my favorite book. I have an Into the Wild tattoo. Die hard John Krakauer fan. Into Thin Air, beautiful. So this is another of his very acclaimed books. And when we went into this... I had been told by several people, like, this is an incredible read. Like, you're going to love it. It's not that it's not an incredible read, but it's very disturbing. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, I explained it as it is phenomenally written. Like, you cannot get better. The journalist in me is just in awe about how well-researched this book is how detailed everything is, how well of a storyteller, like how good of a storyteller he is. But he's too good of a storyteller. (laughs) And every scene of this book was so detailed. And I don't think I want to have as much detail when you are killing a woman and her baby. I would rather that be a little less detailed. Yeah, I... I mean, like you just said, I'm constantly in awe of him because Mm -hmm. every book that he writes is like the work of like 10 people. Mm -hmm. I mean, he just, 
Also, he uses footnotes. I mean, it's he's like a journalist and a historian and a fiction author. I mean, he's mm-hmm. just and a, like a travel log author. Like he does it all. I mean, the fact that he finds quotes to introduce you to every chapter, and they're always the perfect quote. He sets the scene by describing the location. Like he's just. I mean, he is a masterful writer, and that's the mm-hmm. thing is that I think that this story, even though it's very grisly, and I agree, I don't think I needed as much detail as I got. I think had it been handled by anybody else. I don't think I could have even read it. No. I think the only way that you can tell this story is the way he told it. Because if you try to kind of half-ass it and only tell some sides of this story, then it ends up being, you know, it ends up not telling the full truth of that, what is it, the gravity of the situation. Completely. Of the depth of how far these roots go and how, how it started and... At first, I was like, why are we going all the way back to the beginning? But you need that. Yeah. <laughs> you I need mean, that in should... order to understand the journey. And then you need you need the immense detail in order to understand how, who's connected to who and how this, you know, string of religion branched off of another string of religion. And then it's just like ended up to where we are today. I mean, yeah, we, we should preface this by saying, so the book is essentially John Krakauer's it's two books. It's a history of Mormonism and specifically Mormon fundamentalism. And then it's also the narrative of this grisly murder of this woman and her baby by a, a Mormon funda- fundamentalist sect. And I yeah. mean, the thing is, is it's a hard book to talk about in the sense that he makes it clear he is not talking about everyday Mormonism. Like mm-hmm. if If you are Mormon and you are listening to this podcast, this is not about your everyday practice. This is about fundamentalist religion and how dangerous fundamentalist religion is, particularly in America, of Mm -hmm. any sect. Um, Yeah, I I have like a good little summary, two paragraph summary that I read um, that describes it pretty, pretty well. Oh, this is from Super Summary. So supersummary.com sponsor us in uh <laughs> in 2003 the nonfiction author john Krakauer published his book under the banner of heaven a story of violent faith motivated to expand the typically islam focused understanding of religious extremism that dominated the u.s after 9 11 under banner under the banner of heaven addresses fundamentalism and the violence that often accompanies it in a totally different context the mormon faith Krakauer tells in parallel the history of joseph smith and the founding of his church in the modern-day extremist offshoots that embrace Mormon beliefs but do not belong to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, LDS, um, by juxtaposing the brutal double murder committed by fundamentalist Lafferty Brothers in 1984 and the 1857 Meadow Mountains Massacre committed by Mormons and members of the Paiute tribe, Krakauer argues that all-consuming religious faith is antithetical to rational behavior. Um, Under the Banner, Heaven opens up with a description of description of the murders of 24-year-old Brenda Lafferty and her 15-month-old daughter, Erica, the wife and daughter of Alan Lafferty. Brenda and Erica were slaughtered by Alan's older brothers, Ron and Dan, who were acting under a revelation supposedly received by Ron from God. Ron and Dan Lafferty were born into mainstream Mormonism, but when... They experienced financial setbacks as adults. Both joined a fundamentalist polygamous sect. 
because Brenda argued against the authoritarian belief system, urging Ron and Dan's wives to resist as well. Ron and Dan felt free to remove her. The brothers have been excommunicated from their splinter sect and are serving life sentences in prison, but neither have expressed any remorse for the killing, which they openly admit to, and both are committed to their religious convictions. And then this last paragraph, Krakar then moves backward in time to explore the founding of the Mormon faith under Joseph Smith, who started as a small-time con artist before meeting the angel Moroni. Moroni? Moroni. Which also, by the way, Moroni sounds like a gangster. (laughs) The angel Moroni came down from heaven and told me a little bit about. <laughs> Sounds like he's in The Sopranos. Joseph Smith met the angel Moroni, played, played, played by the late great James Gandolfini. Honestly, I would watch that. Hashtag would watch. Jonathan Groff who- stars as, as Joseph Smith. I wonder who will be Moroni in this uh, retelling. Um, meeting the angel Moroni in 1823 and leading to a small congregation of followers westward to Mexico-owned territory that later became Utah. Violence followed the group both initiated by members of their new religion and by the Protestants who persecuted them along the way. Still, Krakar dwells on the early Mormon tenets like blood atonement, the, the systematic oppression of women inherent in polygamous society where teenage girls are told whom to marry to avoid damnation and the strong-arm authoritarian tactics that are necessary to keep young (laughs) superfluous men who are unable to marry because of the way polygamy math pans out in line. It was so funny because, like, the last book we read together, again, was the Eve Babbitt's book, L.A. Woman, and it was, like, such a story of female empowerment. And then (laughs) this book is, like, women are oppressed. Have you heard the news? (laughs) And it is so hard to read because... I think that we just, I mean, look, I feel books like this end up making me feel like I'm so blind to so much of the world, which I just think is true. Like, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, there's, it happens when people think of conspiracy theories, but I think the truth is, is that like, we don't even need to come up with convoluted stuff to realize that like, really bad things are happening Mm -hmm. right in front of us. And I just, I mean, there are chilling quotes in this book of women who grow, women, girls, girls who grow up in this church, who get raped, who get molested, who get harassed, starting from ages of like four, Mm -hmm. and then end up marrying at like 12, and sometimes marry their stepfathers, sometimes are sexually abused by their fathers, their brothers, any other male relative i mean i think that's in addition to the horrific murder the most grisly thing about this book is how many girls and women have grown up in this and are never able to get out of it either because they don't know any other way and so they just assume that it's correct or they are forced by violence or any other kind of abuse, verbal, sexual, etc., to stay. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's so, I mean, it's hard. It's really hard to read. Mm-hmm. And I think something to keep in mind, too, is this book, these murders take place in the 80s. And so yeah. this this history and, like, 
this idea of polygamous relationships, this idea of these young women being treated the way they are, is still going on to this day and is still like this radical story is like literally only, you know, 40 years ago, 30 years ago. And so, I mean, Ella and I were talking about this earlier, but I, I didn't even finish this book. (laughs) Like I, (laughs) I told her, I was like, give me another month, but I could only read this book a couple pages at a time because I was just, it was a lot. And then you have these wives who are getting abused and they don't know how to get out. And then the one woman that actually speaks up against her husband and gets out, she ends up getting brutally murdered. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, just to give another example, the thing that I underlined with several exclamation points is at the time Linda Coons married Green, her mother, Beth Cook, was also married to Green, although Cook has since left him. Seven of the ten women Green has married and all of his current wives were the children of his other wives when he married them. He has made a habit of marrying his stepdaughters, all of whom were 16 or younger when he brought them into his matrimonial bed. Mm-hmm. So that's just an example of one fundamentalist leader, uh, Tom Green. I, not to be confused with the comedian, I I completely get why you didn't finish it. I do just want to read the very last um, paragraph uh, because it's a quote by a man who, I'm just looking for his first name, um, a man who got out of the, of a fundamentalist sect and, um, is looking back on his time with Krakauer. Oh, Deloy Bateman. That's his, I can't find his last name. So the quote is, Deloy looks out across the epic sweep of desert. In the distance on the far side of the Arizona Strip, the dreamy silhouettes of Mount Delenbaugh and Mount Trumbull hover in midair, suspended above a quivering sheen of marriage. If you want to know the truth, he said, or mirage, excuse me. If you want to know the truth, he says, squinting against the glare, I think people within the religion, people who live here in Colorado City, are probably happier on the whole than people on the outside. He looks down at the red sand, scowls, and nudges a rock with the toe of one shoe. But some things in life are more important than being happy, like being free to think for yourself. Mm. It's a hard book because I think what Krakauer does masterfully is he shows how Ignorance is bliss. And if you don't know another way, some people can, namely men in these fundamentalist sects, can think that they are fulfilled. And I think that, like, you know, it's a book about the fact that life is hard and we are constantly searching for a way to make it not hard. And so we then even make it harder for ourselves by searching for meaning or searching for faith or searching for anything that's going to give us answers and give us direction and give us purpose. And then we get so lost in that search that we often end up hurting ourselves and hurting others around us because we are so desperately hanging on to it. And I mean, you know, in the case of the Lafferty brothers who killed this woman and her baby it doesn't even seem like they were in the realm of reality by the end. So I don't even think it's fair to like say that they were on some mission for happiness. 
Mm-hmm. But I think for others who maybe start out wishing the best, like some of these wives who really like want to love these men and want to, you know, stick with it and stick with their families. It's heart-wrenching to see it fail and it's heart-wrenching to see so many abuses of power and abuses of faith and abuses of people's hope mm-hmm. because ultimately the leaders of these sects know that people are looking to them to guide them mm-hmm. and they use that and it's just it's so sad yeah and i think i mean like i said i mean crack our is a phenomenal writer and quotes that he gets from the women Mm. are just like heartbreaking because it's like you know even Brenda who ends up getting killed in the end she many times wanted to leave Alan and like could have left and could have been safe and could have been you know hiding out in her parents house like she almost left she told her sister that she's gonna leave and then she stayed in order to save the other women. She stayed because she loves her husband. And she, like, believed that this wasn't who he was and, like, she could internally change him. And it just shows the, the like, radical following that this fundamentalist Mormon church brought. Like, they are so tied with this church that is their everything. That their belief, like, they're going to die with that belief in hand like they're like above anything else they have the church and that's like they're putting that before everything else they're putting their fundamentalist beliefs before everything else even their family even their selves at the you know toward the end and it just shows like that type of pull and that type of power and the people that are even higher up in that church and in that faith it shows the amount of power and pull they have over these people that are just people and it's like so ter. I think that was this terrifying thing for me was like you know Ron they tell the story of Ron and he was you know supposedly a very loving friendly happy-go-lucky guy and as soon as he started diving deeper into these beliefs and he started you know going having these radical conversations with his brothers that's when things changed and yeah that's when the switch flipped and it's just like scary to me that that's like all it can take it's no that part was chilling you know it shows you again what people are searching for and and when they think that they lock into an answer how much they're willing to toss away of their former life Mm -hmm. you know and I think I mean I remember watching I don't know how many people followed the Nixium cult thing of the past couple of years, but I remember watching a documentary about that that came out in COVID and a cult expert, which I can't, I of course can't remember her name. I'll try to find it uh, later. She was talking about how actually the, the idea that cults go for people who aren't smart or people who are vulnerable is not true. It's actually people who do tend to be intelligent and who do tend to be rational and who do tend to be a part of normal society that they go for. And I think that it's what's so scary about this book is that, yeah, it can, it can happen to any of us. Mm -hmm. And no, we are not all born into religious fundamentalist sex. No, we don't all marry into religious fundamentalist sex, but it does show you how, literally one per being introduced to one person or one book or 
you know, anything like that can immediately shift your entire life perspective and turn you into someone who could murder. Mm -hmm. You know, I think also what I do feel Krakauer doesn't touch on enough, I will say is, I think what's clearly evident about Ron and Dan um, is that both of these men clearly do have mental illness. Mm -hmm. And that's not really ever touched on. In in Mm -hmm. other words, I, I don't think that even if someone is radicalized in that way, you immediately jump to murder. Mm -mm. And I think Krakauer could have talked more about possibly their mental health history Mm -hmm. because he he does tend to blame it all on the religion. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's kind of dangerous in the sense that, like, if you are practicing Mormon, you know... That's that's implying that you can just go zero to 60. And yeah. I don't think that that's the case at all. So I, I, I feel like that's actually the one thing that he could have touched on more. But yeah, I think, yeah, yeah I, I agree with you there. And I think he could have touched on more of like the traditional Mormonism religion and like what what that looks like in today's world. Um, yeah. Because like I, you know, I went to school with a friend with a friend who is Mormon, and she married her, you know, husband right out of high school, and her brother did the mission and all that. And her family is incredibly nice and incredibly friendly and incredibly welcoming. And you know, you, you wouldn't have guessed that she, if if you have the traditional idea of a Mormon as you know a, a Dan Lafferty in your head, like she yeah. is the complete opposite of that. And so I agree that. Though I though I understand like we are we are painting that image of the fundamentalist Mormon sect. He could have talked about the Mormon Church a little bit more so that you could get an idea of how they differ from each other, about Absolutely. where they differ from each other. And he kind of sort of touch on it when you're talking about polygamy, but it's not. I didn't I didn't think it was like enough to be like no here's like what here's what the original like Mormons. This is like what the Mormon church looks like. And then this is what we're looking at with the fundamentalist church. And yeah, the lines I, get a little blurred. Yeah. Because he he really uses the distinguishing factor as fundamentalists believe in polygamy and, mm-hmm. and non-fundamentalists don't. But I mean, clearly there's other differences that don't get touched on as much. And also the waters get murky because he dives so much into Mormon history. Yeah. And... But prior to the split of the church, that then he doesn't really make the effort after diving into that history. I mean, he does say like, and this is when you know the more the fundamentalists split off, and this is when the the main church mm-hmm. continued. And to be fair, look, he does talk about problems within the main church itself, but I I hesitate to talk about that in the sense that I think that any organized religion just like any leader, leading organizational body, including politics, including Hollywood, including everything that we see in the news every day, has issues and is likely patriarchal and has issues because it is patriarchal. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, it's a touchy subject because there is no way to read this book and not walk away from it going, boy, Krakauer sure doesn't love Mormonism. <laughs> You know, yeah. it's like you can't read this book and not go, hmm. But I think it's more a case that he's trying to make that any religion mm-hmm. needs to be more closely examined. Mm-hmm. And he just happened to choose Mormonism. But I think if you choose any religion, 
you will have a similar timeline of catastrophes and Mm -hmm. horrifying incidents. That's going to be the case with any religion. You know, it's going to be the case with Catholicism and all of the molestation issues that they have with some priests. You know, you have this hierarchy that people can take advantage of and they can take advantage of the power that they are given. And it is dangerous. And you try to kind of cover it up and kind of move past it and try to do better next time. But it's still going to be part of your past. It's still going to be something you have to talk about. You have to bring it to light. And it's going to be the case with any sort of religion you touch on and any sort of power hierarchy you touch on, like you said. And so, I don't know, it's like finding that (laughs) that balance of not being completely against it and keeping that objective view that all journalists should have, which he started out as a journalist um, for Outside Magazine. So he was trained with that in him, which I like, I try to understand as well. But it's also trying to make it a po- trying to make this a story that you can say, listen, look at what's like, look at what's happening. This is bad. <laughs> this is really bad. Yeah. And so, like, how do you how do you yeah. walk that line and how do you play that role as an objective writer while also telling this story? Uh, I mean, it's it's a hard task. I think I I, I want to talk about Spotlight later when we get to our recommendation because I think that there's a lot of parallels between that movie and this book. Um, but I do think what's interesting about John Krakauer, if you read his other works, is he is simultaneously an impeccable journalist. And he's also incredibly opinionated. Like, he does not make hidden if he likes something or not. And not that you could read this book and ever be like, he should have been more objective. Like, I can't believe he wasn't more objective about this murder. But, like, in the sense that you can feel his passion. And I do think, like you're saying, it is warranted. If you see murder or abuse or just violence or anything that is in this book if you see that happening which he did and you find out about the history of it which he did you have to share it and Mm -hmm. I think it's very I, I think he the fact that he was willing to take the flack and and write a book that was going to be very specifically about Honestly, a sec, a, a religion that is very entrenched in America, and he makes he makes such a point of saying, yes, technically America has a division of church and state, but we have infused God into so much of our daily lives. Think of the Pledge of Allegiance, everybody, that it's really hard not to separate these kinds of abuses and these and these acts from history and and from American history. And I think that it's an incredibly admirable thing that he's done. But, you know, listen, I'm sure there are going to be people who listen to this podcast who take issue with the book. Like, I don't think this is a book that is meant to make friends. And I think that he knew that writing it. And it's a hard read, but I really think that it's worth it. And I think that anybody who is struggling with wanting to read this or or like uh, trying to understand why he did this. I get it. 
faith is really complicated, but I think it's a really important analysis of faith and American faith. And honestly, this was like one of the first and only books I've really struggled to read because of content. Um, I, I typically, you know, if it's if it's a slow read or if it's um, not as exciting, that's maybe when I when I tend to uh, read a slow read at a slower pace. Um, but this book, it's just dense and it's it's tough content to read and it's tough not to kind of get in a slump for the day because I tend to read in the mornings and it was just kind of putting me in this state of, I don't know, just kind of a dark place thinking that, oh my gosh, the world we live in is such a dark place. (laughs) And so I think that if anyone is very, you know, interested in this, in this topic of, of religion and how it relates to how faith kind of plays a role in your relationship with your, you know, with your family and with, with this country that we live in, I think it's a very fascinating book to read. And I think honestly, it's, it's an incredible story and an incredible storytelling done by John Krakauer, but it's difficult. And so it's not for the faint of heart, (laughs) but it's a, it's a wonderfully written book. And, but that's not to say it's, you know, for everyone. Um, and I don't think it was for me, but it's not that it was a bad book. It was just the content was a little, it just was really difficult for me to read. And I think I would go back maybe in a couple of years and read it, but just, it's just tough. <laughs> I keep like dancing around like the, t- like how it deals with American history. And I think that it's because obviously Krakauer, but you know, what's weird about it is I actually think Krakauer does an excellent job of saying there was death and violence on every side. And I think the thing is, is that no matter what you believe, like no matter what side of the political spectrum you're on, no matter who you are in America, the one acknowledgement that I think we can all agree on is that a lot of bloodshed went into the creation of our country. And I think that he shows through a very specific lens, just a part of that bloodshed. Um, But it's really hard to take because when you're a product of that country and you have to sit there and learn about like the people who essentially died for you to be here and what people went through for you to be here, it's rough. It's a rough go. And like, I mean, you know, it's just, it it also shows you how vast America is in the sense that I grew up in California. This was happening two states. This was and is happening two states away from me, essentially, in Utah. And it's like another world. So Mm -hmm. it just shows you that you never really know your neighbors. And you never really know, like, what's happened where you're standing. I know we keep just saying the same thing where we're like, bro, this is messed up. But like, bro, this is messed up. I can't imagine reading this book and not having an outlet. (laughs) I can't imagine reading this book and not being able to like talk to someone and be like, whoa, like, what did we just read? I mean, I'll let, I'll let Krakauer explain what the book is about. Cause I feel like we've done the best that we can, but essentially what he tells you from the first chapter is there is a dark side to religious devotion that is too often ignored or denied as a means of motivating people to be cruel or inhumane as a means of inciting evil to borrow the vocabulary of the devout, there may be no more potent force than religion. And then he finishes the chapter by saying, 
It is the aim of this book to cast some light on Lafferty and his ilk. If trying to understand such people is a daunting exercise, it also seems a useful one. For what it may tell us about the roots of brutality, perhaps, but even more for what it might be learned about the nature of faith. Point being that, like, he's not trying to get you on his side. He's just telling you that he's analyzing how faith can be manipulated. And if you are a faithful person, this is not a book attacking you. This is a book attacking the people who try to manipulate your faith. Like, please don't read this going into this thinking that, like, John Krakauer is trying to take down religion because he's really not. If anything, he is trying to protect the people who truly do believe in God and truly do want the best and truly do adopt a faith, believing that they can help and how those people get hurt in the process by leaders who don't maybe don't have their best interest at heart. I myself am a person of faith. I am a Christian and I was like raised in a Christian household and I did not take this personally and nor did I think that this is like attacking people of faith or taking a very crazy stance against it. It was just, he's pointing out the extremist sects that tend to form out of these religions in every sort of religion you can think of. Can I read one last quote that I thought was genius? So this is when Ron Lafferty is on the stand and they have a psychologist um, come in and essentially analyze his behavior. And it reads, Garner explained that what makes Ron Lafferty's religious beliefs so, quote, so striking is not that they are somewhat strange or even irrational because all religions have people All religious people have irrational ideas. What makes them different is that they are so uniquely his own. Mm -hmm. And I think that I'd like to end there because I think that what this book ultimately forces us to realize is that we as human beings have things that are coping mechanisms. Mm -hmm. You know, I may not be a person practicing faith, but do I believe wholeheartedly in the church of the Beastie Boys and Elvis? Yes, I do. You know what I mean? Like. We all have these things that keep us going. Mm -hmm. And I think that the thing is, is that's kind of what makes us cool. Like the fact that we are rational and the fact that we do have faith in things that are fictional or Mm -hmm. romantic or anything, art, God, they're all the same thing. They're feeding our souls and and they're feeding our minds and, Mm -hmm. you know, they're feeding what makes us tick on the inside. Mm -hmm. But it's when that gets violent and it's when that gets emotionally or physically or sexually abused and it's when that gets dark that we can see very dangerous sides of ourselves and that ultimately people can get hurt. And I, again, I just really applaud Krakauer for saying it is not wrong to believe, it is not wrong to have faith, but it is wrong to manipulate faith. Mm-hmm. Booyah. Boom. Mic drop. I love that. I love that. I like to end on that too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I feel like I ran a marathon, but all right, we made it. Okay. Let's give our final readings of the book. Um, mm. I, I will give it a solid four out of five because like I said, journalistic quality, it is phenomenally well-researched. He has so many sources. He has, you know, firsthand accounts. He has the, he's pulling from different books. He's literally pulling from the Book of Mormon. He's, you know, he's done his research. So that's kudos to him. Um, And I think that 
the detail is just incredible and the story itself is fascinating though very disturbing um and so I think that the only reason that it doesn't get a full five out of five was because I don't think it's the book for me so I'm gonna hold I'm gonna hold off on that and so it's not for the faint of heart but it is a phenomenally written book and I will give him that so Mm. yes Jenna yes Mm -hmm. I'm also gonna give it a four because I guess it's really hard to make this material accessible Mm-hmm. So I don't fault him, but I will say that he brought in so many characters and he tried to do so much that actually I found myself getting lost. Like I just kept forgetting who people were. I kept, there was so much information that it was overwhelming. And I think that it it's almost like he tried to write two books. Like mm-hmm. he tried to both write the history of Mormonism and then also write about this case and Again, like you're saying, it's immaculately researched. The, the quotes that he picks are immaculate. The, every, the descriptions are immaculate. Like, everything is immaculate. But I wish that he had maybe even actually included less research and, like, one fewer footnote to build narrative just slightly more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my other complaint is, again, I wanted him to address more of how mental health factors into fundamentalist faith mm-hmm. as opposed to just talking about the faith itself. Um, but other than that, I mean, again, he's just, I think his writing is unparalleled. So I got to give him a four. I love you, John. Yeah. Oh my gosh. All right. Oof. <laughs> Oof. And then we got to do our pairings, don't we? Yep. We're moving into our pairings. So we like to end our show. <laughs> I still need to pick a little theme song to go with this. Um, so we like to end our show with a segment called Pairings, where my guest, Ella, and I will pick TV shows, movies, and other books that might pair well with today's books. With today's book? I feel like we've read 15 <laughs> books today. Multiple? <laughs> we've read 10 books in preparation for today. Um, so let's start. Uh, do you have any TV shows? I So... I do. I have an, a TV show and a movie. Okay. Um, I'm going to recommend Unorthodox as a TV show. Uh, that is about Orthodox Judaism. Um, and, you know, listen, I'm a Jew. I grew up seeing Orthodox Jews. I was not an Orthodox Jew. I didn't grow up in Orthodox fa- in the Orthodox faith. But you want to talk about <laughs> oppression of women? There's a lot going on in there, too. So definitely watch Unorthodox if you want... Um, uh, a perspective on a woman who is raised in the Orthodox faith and, and wants to escape the Orthodox faith. Uh, yeah. Should I say my movie or should I, you want to go TV show and then we'll, we'll do movies. Should well, I just give yeah, my movie Yeah, you go pitch? with your movie. Um, okay. Like so my movie, which I alluded to earlier is Spotlight. Uh, it won best picture. And I believe that, I believe it came out in 2015. I think it won best picture at the 2016 Oscars. Um, it's about, New, the uh, journalist team that broke originally broke the, um, wow, I can't speak. <laughs> Boston Globe. The molestation scandal in the Catholic Church. Uh, it's about the team at the Boston Globe who did that. And uh, it's a fascinating movie. I think it's incredibly well acted. I think it's incredibly well done. And again, just an excellent movie about abuse of faith and abuse of power. Uh, and then the last thing I'll recommend is... If y'all just can't get enough of Under the Banner of Heaven, 
There is a Under the Banner of Heaven TV show coming out this April, which weirdly very well timed us reading this book, despite the density and just disturbing nature of it. Uh, Andrew Garfield is starring in it. Daisy Edgar Jones from Normal People is playing Brenda Lafferty, who was unfortunately murdered. Um, yeah, there's uh, uh, Kate Hudson's brother, whatever Goldie Hawn's son is in it. I think he plays one of the Lafferty brothers. Mm-hmm. I don't need to list the credits, but you know, go watch that. Hopefully, we'll talk about that at a later date. Yeah, maybe it'll be a nice little small sips episode. We'll uh, watch it and then give our thoughts. Um, nice little small sips is. I think it'll be a small sip. Uh, I don't know how well it'll go down. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, Guys, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I did this to us. I'm taking one for the team. I know. Okay, I know. I messed up here. This was a lot. I need like a whole. I need a whole month to recuperate. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God our next book is going to be a little bit better. I do have a TV show, um, Handmaid's so, Tale. Oh yes, would be mine. Um, if you're talking about oppression of women, uh, that's that's a big one. If I don't want to say like if you like the topic, <laughs> Cause, <laughs> no, because that's not where we're if going. If you're interested if in you're it, interested. Um, if you want to learn more, <laughs> let's say that. Um, if you want to learn more, kind of about this radical fundamentalist. Um, movement and religious type thinking i would go with educated by tara westover um she tells the story of her uh growing up in a household that is very similar where her father was you know believing in the illuminati and uh was thinking that government was out to get him didn't believe in healthcare, didn't believe in the government so that memoir by tara westover is phenomenal it's so good so i would recommend that i don't know y'all. okay I'm well sorry. anyways peace out <laughs> Peace. Bye. I love you all. Sorry again. Well, that's the episode. Thanks so much for listening. If you like the show, please give it five stars on Apple Podcasts. And if you want more book-related content, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at rwreadspodcast. That's at r-w-r-e-a-d-s-p-o-d-c-a-s-t. Stay tuned for our Small Sips episode coming out this Wednesday, where we will do a 10-minute deep dive on a book-related topic. And next Monday, Sierra and I will be discussing these violent delights. Think Romeo and Juliet based in Shanghai with monsters. So you definitely don't want to miss it. Until next week, keep your books open and your drink glasses full. Thanks, guys. Mm